Welcome to Farmer Talk Radio. I'm Danny McCarthy. And today I'm speaking with Halazyme's Finn Doyle, who is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Enhance, to talk about the complexities of IV administration, the benefits of subcutaneous drug delivery, and how they are aiming to use their product in hands in the transition of IV to sub-Q. Welcome, Finn. Thank you very much for inviting me to speak with you today. Can you tell us about yourself and the work that you're leading at Halazyme with Enhance? Sure. Well, I am Senior Vice President and General Manager for Enhance, which is Halozyme's specific patented drug delivery technology. Halozyme is a San Diego biotechnology company that I joined about six months ago. And I'm very proud to be General Manager of our flagship product, which is Enhance. And what exactly is Enhance? And what does it enable a client to be able to do with a therapeutic? As you know, in the pharmaceutical world, there's a significant growth of biologics. Most large molecule biologics are given intravenously, or IV, I'll say, going forward, because of their high dose and or their high volume. IV um, administration can be complex, it's costly, it's time-consuming, and patients are looking for different options as our companies to see what are the different mechanisms of delivery that could be available for patients. And this is where SC or subcutaneous administration is desirable. And let me talk to you briefly about subcutaneous administration. And then I'll talk to you specifically about how enhance work. So subcutaneous administration or SC going forward is desirable because it can allow specifically uh, patient optionality. And what does that mean? It allows the patient to be able to receive the therapy in a clinic at home or potentially self-administered. So specifically then, how does Enhance work? It's a drug delivery technology based on the proprietary enzyme known as RHU-PH20. And this is simply recombinant human hyaluronidase, or PH20. And what this does is it facilitates the conversion of IV to SC administration. Can you tell us more about the biology and the process in turning something that was previously administered via IV into something administered subcutaneously? Sure. So I'll talk to you specifically about the, the, the biology of the subcutaneous space, because that helps us then understand how enhance works. So the subcutaneous space is made up of three layers. There's the epidermis, the dermis, and the subcutaneous or SC space. The SC space is made up mainly of fat, but there's also some structural components like elastin and collagen, as well as importantly, a sugar called hyaluronin. So why is this important? Well, hyaluronin forms a gel-like substance when it combines with water in the subcutaneous space. And this viscous substance creates a resistance to bulk flow. And for that reason, if you want to inject anything more than about one to two mils of fluid, it's difficult. So Enhance works by breaking down that sticky gel, the hyaluronin, in the subcutaneous space, facilitating a rapid delivery of large volume of subcutaneous fluids. It's almost like it creates a channel through which large volumes can be given very quickly. Through natural processes, the hyaluronin is actually replenished fully within 24 to 48 hours. And in fact, just giving you some practical examples, working with our partners, we have developed 
multiple uh, commercialized products that deliver between five and 15 mils in less than five minutes. For example, Rituxan, Perceptin, Dorazolex FastPro or Fesco. Um, and we have one Hycuvia that delivers 300 to 600 mils in one to two hours in a, in a single SC dose. Is Enhance being injected prior to or in conjunction with a therapeutic? Most of the time it's a preparation. That they're, they're, they're given together, right? But they can be co-administered as well. We have both. What types of therapeutics are you working with? New agents or are you reassessing existing agents for subcutaneous potential? Actually, yes, we work with both. So largely we work with, with biologics, like some of the examples I gave you, um, Hercept and Darzalex. Um, but we also work with um, some small molecules as well. So in terms of the nature of the, the, the compounds that we work with, that can be varied. What does the process look like for assessing a therapeutic as a good match for your work at Halazyme? Yes, let me walk you through and maybe give you some examples, um, Danny. So um, generally we partner with biopharma companies that want to license our drug delivery technology um, and know they really want to license our expertise in how to develop SC therapeutics, either as a conversion from IV or increasingly as a first presentation. Because as, as partner companies are seeing the benefits of subcutaneous administration, more and more are thinking of actually starting with, with an SC uh, formulation. So generally what happens, a potential partner generally has a problem with a particular program that can be solved by using Enhance. And this is typically the need to deliver a very high dose or a high volume therapeutic rapidly. So the partners seek this dose for various reasons. There's several approaches typically um, to date, what we have done, we've worked with partners to transition to SC from IV in the late stage of development. These products are at late stage or even already commercialized. And this is part of their life cycle management approach. In this situation, full development programs were conducted. So a, a full study is done to assess phase one, two, three, the, S, the approach to SC. How do you understand the potential for a therapeutic to be a good match for Enhance? Are most therapeutics on the table for this? So typically what we do is we, companies approach us because they want to license our drug delivery technology, but they also want to have access to the team's extensive experience and support. We have many scientists and medical experts who really help the partner companies in terms of how they will design their trials optimally to ensure that they do an effective transfer from IV to SC, for example. Our internal scientists work with a partner company even before we finally agree a deal to make sure compatibility is there because not absolutely everything will be compatible with our Alcoa Enhance PH20 for short, but not everything will be compatible with PH20. So the, the team actually works very closely with the partner team to assess that in advance. And then we only move forward if that has been clarified. Mm -hmm. So the work of determining if there is compatibility is established before the rest of the collaboration begins. 
Yes, absolutely. Because as I said, partner companies usually come to us because they have an issue. They want to deliver a large volume and or high dose. Um, and so they know they need enhanced. But the challenge we all have is, is their particular target molecule compatible with enhanced? Most of the time, compatibility is there, but we always have to check. And that's where our expertise and know-how is brought to the table to help our partner companies understand that and then move forward optimally with our um, experts supporting every step of the way. In your work and in your conversations with potential clients, what are the reasons that companies are giving for wanting to make the shift from IV to subcutaneous? Is it patient convenience? Is it price? What are the larger trends that you're seeing? That's a great question. And my answer to some of your suggestions is yes to all of the above. But if for, for, for purposes of the answer, maybe I'll structure it around, around three uh, areas. One is the patient. The second is the healthcare provider. And then the third and importantly is the, is the partner company. In terms of patients, the, the benefits are immense. The biggest one is probably optionality because the patient has the option of, for example, having their treatment given to them at home or in a local clinic or potentially self-administered versus having to go to a, a, hospital, a hospital or a large setting and spend a lot of time. So let me give you a practical example. With, um, with Darzalex, the first administration IV is four to seven hours. And after that, it's about four hours. So a patient can go to the clinic and have their IV uh, administered, which means a nurse checking them in, having their IV inserted, having their bloods taken, getting the infusion over five to seven hours, and then being checked. Um, and as you can imagine, all of that takes a lot of time. That's also time where the patient is being reminded of their condition. Now, some patients love to be at the hospital. And so I used the word optionality because some do love to go to the hospital center and have that time. There are many others who really like the idea of getting a subcutaneous version of the same medicine in five minutes. Um, they can have it in a clinic close by, administered by their physician, or given even in their home. Um, and as I said, with, with a goal to actually have self-administration. So the patient benefits are, are very clear, reduced treatment burden, reduced administration time, being able to avoid the hospital. And this is particularly important at times like the moment where we have a global pandemic going on. And often these patients are immunocompromised. So from a patient point of view, it really makes a lot of sense. But let's look at it from the healthcare provider. Um, a couple of things, one of them really is time and cost savings as measured by time and motion studies. For pharmacists, nurses, and physician personnel, they're not having to prep the patient, put in the IV line and so on. But in addition, there's more patient throughput because if a patient is in and out in 10 or 15 minutes, that frees up that chair. So for, for a lot of reasons, not just the time and cost, but also freeing up the chair so that more patients can receive their infusions. There's a lot of advantages to the healthcare system. And then finally, let's look at it from the, from the partner company perspective. Well, for them, clearly there's a competitive differentiation uh, perspective. Um, this allows them to serve not just their patients, but also their physicians and, and, and healthcare providers better, giving them options too. But it also is a, allowing them to provide this dosing optionality that we spoke about. Um, and, and finally, there is a potential for generating new IP that many companies find exciting. Can you expand upon the potential for new IP and what you meant by that? 
So when you combine NHANS or RHUPH20 with a molecule, sometimes benefits that are unexpected emerge. Um, and that results in coform uh, patterns. So it's a new, a new advantage that's, that's come out of the two being combined that's advantageous and that will be able to be generating new IP for, for the partner company. What do you mean by optionality in regards to administration, if you can expand on that a little bit? How early or advanced into development is there still optionality? Yeah, it's, 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 it's generally done um, separately because there are different routes of administration. Their makeup is, is, is different. Um, and so this is done from a planning point of view. If it's a late stage molecule that's either almost commercialized or commercialized, they still have to do full development studies. Um, but when, when, when that is completed, you have two separate products. So the option is the patient can choose or the physician can choose to give a particular patient the subcutaneous version or the intravenous version. Where they both exist, some partners are looking to now start with um, SC as, as an upfront option. Are there different patient responses when a drug that was originally IV is administered subcutaneously? So it Enhance has been used in over 500,000 uh, patients. So we have a lot of experience with Enhance. Um, the safety has been consistent and side effects very minor, predominantly self-limiting low-grade um, site reactions, such as erythema or pruritus. So kind of reactions around the site, but it's low-grade and consistent across all age groups um, and with long-term use. So I, I think it's, it's a very well-demonstrated therapy. What is exciting for you about working with Enhance and important about this technology? Well, you know, to me, that's probably my favorite question, Danny, because what compelled me to join Halozyme, that enhance technology, because of what it can bring for patients. I've worked with, with in the area of cancer and many other diseases over the years. And the idea that we can give patients options like this, reducing from several hours to five minutes, to be able to do it in a local clinic or potentially at home instead of having to, to travel and, and spend all of that time uh, receiving it intravenously. So for, to me, I found that really compelling. The other thing I find compelling is that we now are using it beyond biologics. So biologics like Herceptin, like um, Darslex Fastpro um, in cancers largely. And now um, Enhance is being leveraged beyond that in small molecules in areas like HIV, for example. How costly is it for a therapy to make the transition from IV to subcutaneous using Enhance? Yeah, so drug, drug delivery is costly. The time and cost for converting from IV to SC really depends on the stage of development of the therapy. So as I said a little bit earlier, our currently commercialized products um, all transitioned to SC after the IV had been commercialized. Um, because it was part of life cycle management. So for that reason, um, full development programs were conducted. However, uh, more recently, we've seen that where you've got sufficient safety and efficacy data, the FDA are actually supporting an abbreviated SC development path using what they call a PK bridging approach. And this allows you to demonstrate comparable efficacy and safety of the SC to IV formulation, but with much fewer um, 
with a much smaller study and therefore significantly lower costs. So that's for established assets. For early stage programs, where maybe SC is the first or only presentation, the time and cost of development would be like with any NME or new molecular entity. However, Enhance can actually speed the process up in, in two ways. Firstly, by allowing the SC development to start phase one and two studies with an initial formulation, often a lower concentration or higher volume, whilst in parallel developing the final formulation for phase three. And then secondly, uh, we have an established PK modeling algorithm that can be used to predict the dose of therapeutic needed for the SC administration during the phase one dose finding study. What do you think is the most important for a listener or for a potential partner to understand about this technology? I think for um, the, the biggest takeaway for Enhance is the optionality it gives all of the stakeholders, like I spoke about the patient, the HCP and the partner company, because it allows the partner company to, to differentiate, but also have much greater um, options for their um, customers. But also the proven experience in over 500,000 patients that we have more than 16 and growing programs in development right now. And that recently we've gone beyond biologics and we are now partnering on, with small molecules. In addition to that, I think something that's very important is that we are the only approved recombinant human hyaluronidase um, available. And finally, but I think really importantly, um, the team, the Halozyme team of experienced subject matter experts work hand in glove with our partner organizations to help them develop the most efficient drug development process and to bring the SC formulation to patients as efficiently um, and effectively as possible. And in the end, you know, making that type of difference is what lights my fire and all of us in Halozyme. We are so proud that we are partnering with such impressive partners who are bringing life-changing and life-saving medicines forward. We get to partner and be a part of that and see how in the end our therapy is enabling patients to have much more optionality and maybe to finish giving them time back that they can choose how they use with their families or doing whatever it is that they want to do during that valuable time. What do you think about the shift towards subcutaneous or more subcutaneous deliveries tells us about the path of drug delivery moving forward? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, when you think about healthcare systems and how they've been challenged with sustainability and even affordability in recent years across the world. And now we layer on COVID on top of that. There has been a trend um, and it is likely due to COVID to increase towards decentralization where patients aren't being brought to the big centers of, of excellence all of the time because of the costs, but also the other advantages. You know, if, if I'm immunocompromised, I'd actually rather be treated potentially away from the hospital, at least to have that choice. Um, so one of the things is in the context of the broader environment, having the option to treat patients away from the large centers, you know, in local clinics or even in their home or the doctor's office is a significant advantage. But in addition to that, I think the big trend we're seeing um, with patients is patients want more choice and they get are also expecting more choice. And that's why these, these pharma companies are, are being very smart in making sure that they're developing options for patients so that the patient can actually choose, do I want to have IV and go to the center and have time with my physician? 
or do I want to have it uh, done by, by SC in the local clinic or at home? And that will give me more time to do something else that I want to do. And in the end, what I like to think about is, you know, the patient. Um, I think avoidance of hospitals, especially at the moment, is a great option to have. Definitely. And, and thinking ahead, I mean, even in the absence of a pandemic, the idea of patients being able to access treatment in a way that makes sense for them probably increases the amount of people that will receive treatment and, and continue on with treatment in a way that's better. That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right, Diane. Thank you so much, Finn, for taking the time to speak with us about the work that you and others are leading at Halazyme. Finn Doyle is the Senior Vice President and General Manager of Enhance at Halazyme. For more information about our Farmer Talk Radio podcasts, you can visit theconferenceforum.org. Thank you all for listening.